Hi, I'm Joe Madden, and you are listening to Halfway Around the Halo. Fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariner racing back to the track. Go! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Halfway Around the Halo, a UK Angels podcast with Nick Wright, your host at LA Angels UK. This is a bonus edition, you'll be pleased to know, a second one in a week. We're really upping it just for you since we're getting such positive feedback and we've got a very special guest tonight. But the first special person I have with me is Dave Evans. Dave, how you doing? I always love those introductions on how special I am. I, I don't want to overhype this, but we are going 158 and four, and we're going unbeaten in the postseason. Wait, you think we're losing another two games? Got to be realistic. Got to be realistic. Yeah, I suppose. But I just feel like you're being a bit negative. I've got to be honest. I know. It, predicting Angels' defeats is not what we're here for on this show. Not anymore, I, anyway. I apologise new season so obviously i mentioned we did record earlier in the week after we had gone how many games were we we were four and four and one four and one because yeah we'd had one game against houston i think when we last recorded yeah yeah. we've since had another game against houston and last night's extra innings of victory against the blue jays we're not going to touch on that too much because we'll go through our recap on our regular slot next week but things are looking good day five and two happy days would have taken it every day of the week at the start, wouldn't we? So, yeah, without going into too much detail, very, very happy. Very happy indeed. I guess the only criticism I have at the moment is how long these games are going. God, I thought like 12 o'clock start, we might get to bed by 3, 3.30. But no, 4 a.m., gone 4 a.m. by the time we're in bed and it's just not acceptable. For some reason, we can't play short games. It's a it's a struggle, isn't it? We, we've had a few very long games, as you just said, and... Last night was, it was hard. It was hard. And, you know, when you, when um, Mike Trout had that one caught in centre field in the ninth, it was like, this is just not going to go our way. Got into the 10th, we didn't do anything. Like, come on, guys, please. And then, you know, thankfully we got there in the end. But, yeah, that, that was a struggle last night. The tiredness really crept in on that one. Yeah, I said on Twitter, it was criminal. You mentioned the 10th there. I thought it was criminal not to get Trouty in from second base. You should be bunting, for me, right, you should be bunting the runner across the third every single time. Give yourself two outs to get the run in. I think it's just sensible baseball. So I think we were quite lucky. But shout out to the bullpen again, who've come in and done the job we needed them to do and shut it down. Fair play to them. Yeah, fantastic work. And uh, my man Guerrero, you know, I got him in my fantasy. What a pickup that was. Gets the win. Um, No, that was great. But no, in, in those situations, in those extra innings and the way it is now, it was the perfect situation for us. You want Trout on there. And ideally, you know, Rendon and Upton and Walsh who are or the other way around, but hitting quite well. I suppose the only other piece you'd want is Shohei maybe starting on second to have Trout Rendon. But it was as good as it gets and it didn't even come close, did it? But, you know, Merriweather's a good, good pitcher, you know. And the only bonus from last night is that he went through 30 pitches. So mm-hmm. he it's might not be available he, tonight. You wouldn't think so. Unless they're going to blow his arm out. No chance. There's no way he's available tonight, which is good news for us. Yeah, and our pen pen will be. 
our guys all should be good to go. So that's that's a, the only positive out of that drawn out game. Do you know what? One thing that struck me watching that game, and one thing that's actually struck me in the last few pods we've done, how little we've been talking about Mike Trout, right? We talk about everybody else. And I, I think we've just got to that stage where it's so hard to say positive things about him because he's just the greatest of all time, the greatest of a generation. Everyone knows he's the greatest of a generation. It is hard, because he, but he keeps raising that level, right? We keep expecting him to, you expect him to have regression. Last year, he had a little bit of regression in his own words, although you look at his numbers, <laughs> whereas they're like some people's best seasons ever kind of thing. But this season, he just started off on fire. Three home runs in three days. He's just crushing the baseball right now. He's so locked in. He's taking his walks. He's t- hitting his home runs. He hit a double last night. So close to hitting for the cycle because if that ball gets past the center fielder for the Blue Jays, that's gone. I mean, Mike's at third and that's another cycle for him. Let's just take a minute to talk about his greatness, right? We should. We should do it. We should do it. He's great. He's utterly brilliant. What can I, you know, he's he's 10 for 24 already, average of 417 on base, 500. It's just silly, silly numbers we're talking. It's a weekend, yes, but they're just silly numbers. Eight walks, nine strikeouts. And at the moment, he's just got that confidence at the play. He's just dialed in, you know. Like Gooby keeps on talking about it in commentary. He, he doesn't go chasing. You know, he forces the pitchers to come in because otherwise he's just walking and then he's a threat on the bases. He's just... He's just the all-round player. Um, and we know, and I don't know, you said last year he was dropping off defensively a little bit, but he's, he's, he's made some good roots. He's been making some good reads in the outfield. He's been working on it, and you can tell yeah. early on. With the, you mentioned his plate discipline, his vision, his eye there. If you were an umpire and you had a borderline pitch on the corners, you're not ringing Mike Trout up, are you? Well, you shouldn't be, because Mike Trout has the most unbelievable eye for these things. I don't know how he does it. That's just, I mean, this is why he's a superstar and the greatest of a generation. But he just knows where the strike zone is. He's got goat eyes. That's what he's got. He's got goat eyes. And the umpire's just going to have to believe it. Do goats have good vision? Apparently so. I'm not sure that's a thing, but we will... Do fish have good vision? Who knows? But um, this one, this goaty trout does. I don't think fish have good vision either, do they? So between either. fish and goats, I don't think you've picked particularly great animals for their vision. Well, it could be an owl. All right, let's, let's do a poll. What, what, animal, what animal is Mike Trout? Let's do one of those BuzzFeed polls and find out what animal is Mike Trout. If- uh, uh, he, he's just reincarnating. He's you know recreating. He's recreating. That's how good he is. He's going to have a monster season. I, I said 50, I said fifty bombs this year. Tell you what. See now you're throwing monsters in there. You could which monster is he? Now you've opened up a whole can of worms. Oh, now I'm throwing worms in there. What is going on tonight? What is uh, it's farcical? Farcical podcast tonight already. Yeah, Five minutes in. I'm I'm hoping we get it out of our system before our wonderful guest comes on. Yeah. I do have a I do have one thing exciting thing we need to do tonight. And that is the draw for nobody can see this, but I am now holding up this lovely new 60th anniversary Angels hat, which we obviously have done a competition for on Twitter over the last couple of weeks. And we are ready to do the draw. I'm going to try now and share my screen and hope it continues recording. Dave is now watching me. I will have the 
video footage of this. I've entered everybody's name who was eligible for the competition, including Dave's. And if he wins, I am re-spinning. Um, well, yeah, we, we can't have another mask gates fiasco like last season. So I'm going to click this button and see who we get. Daisy Ferrer. Let's find her out on social media right now. So well done, Daisy. Obviously, you need to be listening to this pod to know you won, although I will be in contact, I'm sure, in the next few days, even if you don't listen to this pod, even though we'll be very, very disappointed in you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks very much for that for entering thanks everyone for joining in our competition i'm sure there'll be another giveaway at some point soon so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that i just also wanted to use this opportunity to thank you as ever for listening and just to remind you to go and hit that subscribe button and now as i teased you earlier we're joined by a wonderful guest you may know him better from from the NFL, from from your uh, from the media, but it's Adam Rank. Adam, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. I thank you so much for uh, for having me aboard. I uh, I really appreciate this. I know that we're going to talk about my like how I'm a fan and all that. So I want to know how you guys became fans because it'll become very obvious for me. But you guys on the other side of the pond to take uh, to take a love of the Angels. I'm inspired by you. Dave and I have actually very similar stories. We both came over to Anaheim on family vacations. So, mm. I mean, Disneyland is obviously the big pool for Anaheim. When right. we both, you know, teenagers came over, went to Disneyland, and both of us are big sports guys. So we kind of fell in love with it organically. We saw it, me personally, I saw um, Sunday Night Baseball on TV in a hotel room and just loved mm. it. I'm a big cricket fan as well. Played right. cricket when I was younger. So there's similarities there. And just kind of like got hooked on the game, started watching it, started learning the intricacies of it and just wanted to go to a ball game. So I convinced my parents that, you know, take us to a ball game. It'll be a great family day out, not expecting it to be just as great as it actually is. <laughs> I don't think there is anything quite like a day at a ballpark, you know, with family, with friends, just it, what an experience. And I think that's what last year proved as well, didn't it? 2020 yeah. it was great watching baseball, but it wasn't the same. It was not the same without fans. And I think it's just shown how much that actually means to the game. No, I'm with you 100%. And it's, you know, I love baseball too. And I live in Southern California and I was, I, it, 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 it'll sound like shade. So I didn't put this on Twitter or anything like that. Cause I didn't want all the Dodger fans in my mention mentions, excuse me, but it's like, Oh yeah. Like I had to stop and think for a second. I'm like, Oh yeah. The Dodgers did win it last year. I mean, maybe it was because the angels weren't playing so well. But you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot they had a World Series. You're like, oh, yeah, like there was a lot of things that went on. Like Justin Turner had COVID and like the uh, the the Rays pulled a pitcher, like weird things. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, but whatever. Hey, we're still the last team from Southern California to win a full season World exactly. Series. Exactly. So whatever. <laughs> so uh, good luck to you, Dodgers. Uh, congratulations on your, you know, on your uh, abbreviated mini tournament win. I saw a, it's funny you mentioned that. I saw a Giants fan earlier talk about that. How the Dodgers won, I can't remember the exact number. I think it was 47 games to win a World yeah. Series. That doesn't count, does it? That shouldn't count. Yeah. You didn't give Kershaw enough time to choke. 
Okay. I think that was the big thing. It's so funny. Uh, I know this isn't what we wanted to talk about, Nick, but I um, I go on a, a, a local station in San Francisco, KNBR, and they always used to drag me for a San Francisco 49ers pick, but I've won them over because of my blatant just disregard for the Dodgers, that they love it so much. The whole thing, like, they, they want, like, the Giants won. I don't know, like, when you guys, I'm trying to figure out the timeline of when you guys started following baseball. But the Giants won three in five years, which is impressive. And Madison Bumgarner was awesome in every World Series. It's not like Clayton Kershaw, who's awful all the time, and everybody makes excuses, and it's vastly different. So I, I do love the, the Giants fans do get a kick out of the fact that the Giant, uh, the, the Dodgers won a short season World Series. Yeah, I think I think the Giants and the Angels fans generally get on quite well, just for our mutual. Uh, yeah, <laughs> baseball. Uh, I've always got on very well with Giants fans, and Dave and our our timelines go back to sort of late nineties, early two thousands. Oh yeah, so you okay? Yeah, so yeah. you guys are up to speed. Oh yeah. cool, so you saw the World Series? You guys were in on for the World Series too? Yeah, first year first year I ever went to Angel Stadium was two thousand and two actually. So I'm taking some of the credit as a bit of a lucky. You chance. should. Have you been back since? I have, so I can't take too much credit. You, you should have been there. I hope you were there in two thousand five. That is one that'll always stick with me. My friends and I. We always talk about it because when you look at that, that era of the 2000s and all the great teams that we had, for me, 2005 was always the one I feel like we just missed on. Mm. Kelvin Escobar in the bullpen, A.J. Pierzynski doing the stupid – well, the, the Yankees yeah. extending us to five games in a series like, bro, you guys know you're not going to beat us. Don't make us go back to New York and have a rain out and then – Obviously, we finished them in five and then they had to go play. I think it was the next night in Chicago, win game one. If they would have held on to win the Pierzynski game, they would have came back to Anaheim up 2-0. Maybe there's a different mindset, a little bit different. Maybe Paul Konerko doesn't go crazy. So that one to me is always one that uh, I'm like, oh, that was a missed opportunity. One of my friends is like a big 2008 guy when we traded for Teixeira. Like that should have been the team. And then 2000, then another one of my friends, like 2009, like 2009. we beat the Red Sox. We beat the Red Sox, but we swept them. Like, yeah. and then we got the Yankees. Like you couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, but it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah. I'm still, I'm still at 2005. Where do you land? Where do you guys land? I was going to say 2009, to be fair. Yeah. Before you mentioned it. That's fine. Huge missed opportunity. But I think all of them, you're right. All three of those teams had it a strong chance to, to go a long way and sort of missed out, didn't they? But it, it is what it is. It's just a shame that the next decade hasn't been so... Uh, I know. Jeez Louise. Mm. Which we, we will get on to. Before uh, we start talking proper Angels baseball, I know my friends at home, would it would be remiss of me if I didn't... <laughs> my fantasy league, the Laurie Memorial League, uh, they, some, of, some of the members in that league take a lot of advice from you with the start and Oh, no. Yeah. And I can tell you, they were the, the bottom tier guys. So. They were all terrible. Yeah, they were like, uh, they're all upset at me. Yeah, shout, shout out to them. But what, <laughs> what's it like at the moment? Obviously, the draft's coming up, the offseason for you, and what's going on? Well, there is a lot of preparation, getting ready for the draft, of course. And this has been an unusual year because I'll admit, I haven't watched as much college football as I do in most most years where my Saturdays will be spent watching college football, just so I'm not playing catch up. This year was a little bit different with everything that was going on. Everything just got jumbled. 
So I'm trying to go back and backfill. I mean, the stars you always know about, but just trying to find some of those guys. I remember when David Montgomery was coming out of the draft, I was pretty familiar with him because I, for whatever reason, had watched a lot of Iowa State games. We get those out here on the West Coast. They start around 9 a.m. for us. So you get teams like Iowa State, so you're always attached to players like that. So right now, just trying to catch up with that as much as possible. I did put out a mock draft for NFL.com of what teams should do. It's not a prediction piece like a lot of the other guys and girls. Cynthia does one. And, you know, it's more of a, here's what you guys should do. Like, this is what I would do if I was picking in your, in your spot. So I did that. And then starting to slowly but surely realizing that I've got to start doing fantasy stuff soon. So <laughs> starting to look at some late round guys. A.J. Dillon is a player, even though I'm a Bears fan, A.J. Dillon is a player that I'm looking at, and he just seems like a star to me. And it was a little bit of a shock. What's a surprise? Aaron Jones, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, they they had Aaron Jones come back, and I don't know, maybe they're just trying to uh, take a little pressure off Aaron Rodgers. But I think A.J. Dillon, like, ooh, that guy looks pretty good. And so he's somebody I'm going to be keeping my eye on. And of course, LaVisca Chenault, I'm so interested to see what happens with the Jags. I don't know. I don't know if they're your Jags. Because they're, well, you know, yeah, sort I of mean, a London team. Sort of. I'm a Seahawks fan personally, but okay. the, the Jags, uh, yeah, they, they have their roots over here. If anyone was London's team, it's the Jags. Yeah, I'm a huge, and I like the Khan family, so they're nice people. And uh, Darnell Mooney is another guy that I'm looking at. I actually had a list. Where was my he, list? He had a big, big year last year, didn't he? Quite sneakily underrated for the Bears, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's... In addition to Anthony Miller, like being kind of a discipline case, mm. they're trying to get rid of him because I think Darnell Mooney showed that he could be a number two wide receiver opposite of Allen Robinson. And uh, I'm also the big breakout receiver for this year is going to be T Higgins. So yeah. watch out for him. I know that I, the secret's kind of out. It's not, I'm not really, it's not a revelation or anything like that, but I like T Higgins a lot. So all your friends that rely on me and lose every year, those are the guys you probably want to avoid. But they're the guys I'm looking at right now. I, I actually took T. Higgins late in last year's draft and then dropped him after week one, which was a big mistake. Should have left. Oh him. no! Yeah, so didn't didn't get the benefit of that one. But I can I can guarantee you those guys you've mentioned now are going to be going higher in our draft than they should have. Oh been. no! <laughs> Not- Listen, I I will say this: I get stuff wrong. I know, but I did the one thing that I do. I always because you always it's like playing golf when you have that one shot where you're like yeah and you're bragging about it and everything like that. The James Robinson hype train being on the being the conductor and the engineer on that one is one like a lot of people give me the bet like they'll be upset with me but they're like oh you told me to draft them whatever we're square now but don't mess up again and so that's where so I've got that one there we go should we talk angels baseball then let's do it yeah this is too much fantasy like I don't I go on to shows like normally I would have been late I would have been ill prepared. I wouldn't have been dressed up like this. Now this is my opportunity to shine and talk about what I really want to talk about. There we go. And we want to talk about it too. So Adam, t- tell us about your fandom. When did it start? You know, what have you, what are your memories as an Angels fan growing up? Well, if you uh, were at Disneyland at some point, I grew up in the city, the next town over to the east, heading towards Palm Springs and the Inland Empire and everything like that, a place called Corona. And everybody, you know, everybody, we were 17 minutes from the stadium, you know, back before LA, back before the trap. Now, if you try to do it, it's like 45, but back in the day, like nobody was living out in Corona. So it was really easy to get to the stadium. So I had a good friend of mine who was a season ticket holder 
for the Angels. His dad owned a car dealership, so we could always go down and and hang out and go to games. And of course, you know, it was the closest. My my parents were from Chicago. I was born in Chicago, but I grew up out in Southern California. My parents did not like the Dodgers. They were Cubs fans. So they were like, we're angel fans. Like you can, you can root for the angels. Like that's acceptable to me. And my mom was a real estate agent. So she would always get tickets left for her, like through associates, business associates. So I was always at that stadium. I mean, it, I felt at least we would go to at least for somebody that didn't have season tickets, we'd go at least 20 times per year. And even when I was in college, some of the final years, like when I was a freshman, they still had the full stadium. It was the full football stadium going around. And so you could go to games, you could go to angel games and it would cost three bucks and you would go out and you would pay $3 and uh, you could, but you could walk in anywhere. Like you would walk in and you're supposed to go to the upper deck, like all the way to the top. But I knew that if you walked in on the terrace level, like once you were in, you were in, they like, they, they didn't check you again. And so we used to sneak down. So we sort of just snuck down to these seats. It was aisle nine, which is now like aisle 210, I believe, the way the stadium's configured now. And we would always sit there. And it was to the point that the people, I used to go so much that the people that sat in front of the last row of aisle nine thought that those were my season tickets. <laughs> and one time, one time, I guess somebody sat there and was unruly and they're like, hey, never give your tickets to that person again. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll never <laughs> do that. It was probably the real season, season ticket holder. So we had been going for years and, you know, some of my favorite, I, I'm always a big, I'm a lefty person. So like any, I'm a left-handed, I've always rooted for left-handed people and not even necessarily for the angels, but for like everybody, like I love Wally Joyner, but also in that era, Will Clark and Don Mattingly. So any left-handed batter, although I did like Dave Winfield a lot, Chuck Finley, mm -hmm. also Mark Langston, yeah. and then you're going up and then Garrett Anderson and Darren Erstad. We've done pretty well. We've, we're actually, we're, we're in a drought. We, we need a big lefty at some point. Like we need a lefty that we can really count. I'm trying to even think maybe of Jared Walsh, maybe Jared's married, maybe Jared. Yeah. You know, there's this, uh, like, there's this guy called Shohei Otani. who's a lefty. He might do it. Well, that. he throws, he throws right-handed. Yeah. That's the he's only semi. We're not kind of, yeah. yeah. He's, he's kind of a, listen, I love him. <laughs> I love Shohei Otani. Shohei is the only one. Cause like every year there's always, Every it doesn't matter who it is. It's oh, it's some player. Normally, it's a Dodger. Like, hey, is is this player past Mike Trout? And you're like, no, he is not. He's not better than Mike Trout. Whatever. And now when it's Otani and he's dealing on the mound, like that's the only one I'll entertain because he pitches. That's amazing. Although he's mitching his next start, but like that's the only one. Well, that and Fletcher, those are the only two guys that we can put into the conversation of is this player better or as good as Mike Trout. So. I, so I grew up rooting for, for all those players, even like it, it's been nice too over the last couple of generations. Cause like Tim Salmon came up only an angel and I know he's right-handed, so I'm cheating, but like <laughs> Erstad, I, I don't think Erstad left. I know Anderson left and played some other places, but like we've had these guys who've only been angels, which has been fun because you have Salmon who is only an angel. You have trout. Who's only going to be an angel. Hopefully the same thing with Otani. Unlike when we were, when I was a little kid and you'd have like Reggie Jackson come in and Fred Lynn, I, I really irritated somebody one time. Cause, um, I don't know. I forget what it was. This guy was, well, this guy was from Boston and he had this picture and I'm like, Oh my God. I go, 
When did Fred Lynn? Oh no. You know what? It was one of those old time baseball games. Uh, like they were playing in the celeb, like the softball game before the all-star game. And I'm watching it and I'm like, why is Fred Lynn wearing a Boston cap? And this guy got legit like, Hey, I have that's very funny. And I'm like, no, seriously, what do you mean? Like, uh, why is he, why would he do? I don't understand. And he's like, what? And he got so heated. And obviously, like, apparently, Fred Lynn started his career at the Red Sox. I'm like, oh, like, who knew? Like, I don't know. Like, I was, the guy started his career in the 70s. Like, I'm sorry. Like, goodness. I remember him hitting a grand slam in the World Series or in the All-Star game at Old Comiskey or whatever it was. Yeah, that was Old Comiskey. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, Fred Lynn, lefty. There's another one. There's a theme here, isn't that? We are there is a little bit. There's a little bit of a theme. I used to, um, one time when I was a kid, we were in uh, Lake Tahoe. My dad was playing Keno and we picked numbers. He's like, pick numbers. And I picked all numbers that corresponded to angels. It was 21, it was 31, 21, obviously. And then 44 for Reggie, 19. And then I did have Will Clark and, and Don Mattingly in there, but still, but a lot of angel and, and we went six for six. And he won like 2,500 bucks. I'm like, yeah. So I got a new angel hat that day uh, for, you know, having all the, picking all the things. So it might be quite hard from your time from supporting the angels and seeing so many games. So without saying the word Mike Trout, who would you say is in your top three angels? George oh. Fabergas. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you know, I'm just kidding. You know, what's funny. I got to tell the year was 2001. I'll never, I'll, I'm going to get all the details wrong, but uh, there was that, I remember beating Mariano Rivera in 2001, like one of these random games where you would go to and you'd be like, Oh, we're playing the Yankees. And we used to always, I mean, we, I mean, pretty much through the two thousands as well, we would always handle the Yankees business and it was Fabregas. And I, it wasn't X, was it Eckstein with somebody like we started a two out rally with those guys and beat Mariano Rivera of all people. And it was just amazing. So I always, I always mention Fabregas when anybody says that, but he's not really one of my top three. So for me, it's pretty easy. It's Chuck Finley. It's Wally Joyner. No, no, no. It's Chuck. Yeah. Chuck Finley, Wally Joyner. And I would actually probably go Tim Salmon just because I think Salmon, like Salmon's such a nice guy. Although I really loved Erstad and Anderson. I was actually, I'm going to go five because I'm going to put Anderson and Erstad in there too. Garrett Anderson, because I always weirdly had to defend him. Because for whatever reason, and it's not just like fans of like other teams, but like angel fans would not like Garrett Anderson. And like, I don't know what's wrong with all of you. He plays 154 games every season. He hits 30 home runs. I'm sorry that he's, he's not, he's not fiery. Like he wasn't like, like Erstad wore his emotions on his sleeve and that's fine. Like there's some people like that. And there's other people who are super calm and casual and collected and, but still cared. But like, I have a friend, like I have a, like, it's funny. Cause my golf buddy is that way. Like nothing bothers him. He's unflappable. He could be three under par or 30 over and his demeanors the same. And I'm like, I'm the train wreck. Who's like cussing. And like, I can't believe that, you know, I'm like, compl- I'm like, I'm like the Erstad, yeah, like fiery, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a, you, you are who you are. You know, it, it's just one of those things. And, um, you know, it's good to know yourself at some point, like at, at some age, like you want to, like, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to 
I don't want to make the other like say things that are like super rude or anything like that. But at some point you're like, it's going to slip and I'm just going to be, I'm going to be mad or else I'm going to be very excited. I got a birdie today. So I was kind of, I did a fist pump that you would have thought I won the masters, but I had just tripled the previous hole. So I felt like it was, uh, it was justified a little bit. I'm sorry. You didn't come here for the golf talk. But, mean, uh, those those are my top five. This sounds scarily familiar to, to my games, except we have 30s <laughs> at the moment. Just, uh, just triples. I have, listen, I have been on a stretch and this is crazy because I have friends who are really good at golf and I'll be like, bro, shot a 44, like on a, on a nine, like I shot 44, but I had two birdies or no, no, no. I will tell them first. Like I had two birdies like, Oh my gosh, what'd you shoot? And I'm like 44. And they're like, you are the worst. You are the worst. Like how, how is it possible? And I'm like, Oh, and I also left two balls short that should have been birdies. And they're like, how, like you're, you're either shooting three or eight every hole. And I'm like, that's, I don't know. That's the way I want to live my life. That's go. going all in, going nice. all in. Yeah. Uh, I feel that. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you said Chuck Finley because Chuck Finley was the starting pitch on the one and only game I ever got to, which was back in 99. So we uh, beat Boston eight nil. So he threw seven innings shutout and then it was Chuck Finley on the mound. So uh, yeah, al always good memories coming back, thinking about Chuck Finley. Love Chuck Finley. Did you ever watch a show? And it's a, it's an obscure show called burn notice it was on the usa network and bruce campbell was on this show and he he would always have to do an alias and anytime he did an alias it was always like chuck finley and it was just like a running gag throughout the entirety of the series you'd always be like oh i'm chuck finley i'm like oh my god you know and it's it's an obscure and it's kind of an obscure like i mean obviously he's meaningful to us yeah but for a lot of people you know he wasn't the biggest star in the in the world kind of infamous in a way because of what his wife did, but you know, yeah. By the way, I was at the, I went to the Irvine improv one time and Tawny Katane and Chuck Finley were sitting there together after, after the incident in the car, like this was after that had happened. And I'm like, I remember looking at Chuck Finley, like that guy has got the most resolve of anybody. Like how, like that could have gone so bad, but that guy, like he's a hero. Like he doesn't get enough recognition for that. Like what a stud. And You'll see him walking around the stadium too. And I'm always like such a little kid whenever he comes around and I'll just, I'll just walk by him. Like I know him and I'll be like, Hey Chuck, what's going on? And like give him a little nod. And then he just wait and it's like, Hey man. And then that's it. That's it. That's our, that's where our story ends. But it's like, ah, like, and people will be like, do you know him? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. Uh, I don't, but I'm like, Oh yeah, dude. It's Chuck Finley, him and I. Yeah. Lefty bros. Like we're cool. Just play it cool. Play it cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> as long as they're not listening to this, they'll never know. Yeah, he might. Yeah, hopefully, if he listens to this, he's gonna be like, "Oh, that's the guy. <laughs> that's the annoying guy who always does this." Because you know who else is also great about that is Bobby Gritch shows up right, yeah. all the time. And my friend, my friend used to he purchased. He was one of the stadium sponsors. Like during the third inning, his company was the 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 title sponsor on the scoreboard for the top of the third inning. So for one game, they bring you to a suite and, and you are, for, yeah, for one game, you get to sit in the seat or a suite, like right next to Artie Marino's. And what they do is they send in former players all the time. And it always seems like it's a, they always play it off. Like it's an accident. Like, Oh my God, like here comes Doug DeSensei, although not, probably not Doug DeSensei now, but 
you know, but it would be like that. And Bobby Grinch did that. And he's like, oh my, oh, I, I think I got the wrong box. And we're like, Bobby Grinch. And uh, I'm sure they're so used to this. But of all the of all the former players who walked in, who went through this thing, and you know, it's like it's some, it's got to be some deal with the advertising department. Bobby Grinch was the coolest about hanging out and just telling stories and doing everything like that. And my wife almost fainted, and he was very gracious with her. And then we always see him in like the St. Archer Lounge too, and uh, and every time like we we have like a thousand pictures with Bobby Grinch, but we always make him stop. Like Bobby Grinch, dude, can we get a photo? Oh yeah, sure, guys. Click. Like, hey, thanks. And that that's it. You can't not though, can you? I would be exactly the same. It's as, the many, best. as many photos as you got, you always need that one more. Because the next one's always going to be better in your head. So. Right? Yeah. Why would certain you- le- certain levels of intoxication yeah, for all helps. of us. It's like, yeah. Because sometimes because a lot of times he'll have a beer in his hand, which I think is is helpful. Definitely, definitely helpful. Another guy from that sort of a bit later the era who I just want to talk about. I saw it on Twitter the other day and I said, he's the guy that really made me fall in love with Angels Baseball. And that was Vlad Guerrero. Oh, yeah. It sort of came up with us playing the Blue Jays last night. And Vladdy Jr. was exceptional last night, I thought. He just looks a different player to last time we played the Blue Jays. Yeah. Just tell us a bit more about Vlad and, and what he did for the Angels in that period after 2004. Yeah, that was an incredible situation. I remember being, I was at home. I remember I was living in a different spot in Huntington Beach. And I remember my friend calling me at like nine in the morning and telling me like, dude, we got Vlad. And just excited because this was a player that I I, I thought that he was, I, I still think he was one of the best players of all time. No, a no doubter Hall of Famer. I know that there was some sort of like, controversy like people thought that perhaps he wasn't gonna like how are you are you kidding me like he was one of the greatest players of all time and somebody who when he played for montreal we would go down we would actually go i would i would always rather go to san diego and watch national league games because i don't want to go to dodger stadium because like dodger stadium is impossible to get to like it's a joke and it's not fun and it's not cool and even when the even when the padres had their old terrible when they had when they were playing at qualcomm before they moved to petco you would still rather go there because you could take the train down there, have a bunch of drinks. Then we would go down and we would see Vladimir Guerrero and all the stars of the national league. And so it was just so exciting. You know, it was like, again, you know, when we started signing, like getting guys like Reggie Jackson and these big name free agents and Vlad was still in the prime of his career, like still ready to go and how amazing he was. And I, the first, his first game with, the angels was the night that I met my wife. Oh, really? and I remember. Yeah. And my wife was a, you know, she's a, she's a big angels fan too. And it's not like, cause when I first met her, you know, I, I was like, I had this smooth pickup line and I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm Adam. How are you? Um, like real, like nonchalant. And I'm like, Oh, do you like the angels? Like, who's your favorite player? And she started like talking about Kurt McCaskill and like old school players. I'm like, Whoa, like, you know, the angels, like I thought she's she was, gonna, she's the yeah, one you, you know what, you know what you're saying. So, um, so it was pretty cool. And so we were talking, like we were hanging out and we were talking about it and that game, I think it was Erstad who walked and then Vlad came up and hit a home run. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the thing that makes it so incredible. It's like something about just a player walking in front of him can turn into a big inning, you know, and it's just so key. Like it's a, such a great luxury to have in baseball. 
And that's what Vladimir Guerrero was like. It was fun to watch him hit golf, you know, hit, hit balls off the plate or way outside the strike zone, but it was just the ability to turn a game with one swing and so impossible to get out. And, and of course the cannon just yeah. him. Th- he doesn't look like he's, he had a weird, like he's got real long legs, but like the shortest torso, <laughs> like it's, it's just like, like he's just got a funky and his walk and everything. And uh, uh, he was just a pleasure to watch just both on the field, excuse me, both on the field and at the plate, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they're one or the other, but this guy was just all around all encompassing. And of course, having the pine tar on the top of his batting helmet, you know, that every kid, every kid playing high school baseball in orange County and the inland empire for a number of years, always put the pine tar on the top of their helmet just to look like Vlad. So he was a special, special player. Yeah, and going into the hall as a as an angel as well, first one. Oh, that I, I felt so much to the franchise, didn't it? Oh my gosh, I I remember too when this was going down, and I want obviously I wanted him to go in with the Angels, and I remember thinking, and I even said that I even tweeted this out. I said, listen, if he goes in, I want Angel fans to understand if he goes in as a Montreal Expo. He would likely be the last Montreal Expo to go into the Hall of Fame because I think any of the prominent stars had already been inducted. Don't be mad at him because that's fine. That I, I, I can't be upset at that. If that's what he wants to do, if he wants to honor that franchise, we should respect his wishes. And I personally believe that's what drove him to go in as an angel is that he saw how much respect I gave him. And he said, oh, I appreciate that, but I'll go in with the angels. Um, and to be the first one, you know, cause it really sucks. And I don't really remember Nolan Ryan, but you know, historically, you know how good Nolan Ryan was and we can go back and look and be like, well, the angels really screwed it on that one. Like that was a, that was a miss. That was a whiff. And if they had never let him go to the Astros, like even if he finished with the Rangers, whatever, but you're like, Oh, that he should have never left Anaheim. Like that's the one, like, I don't know. That's, that's a guy that I understand why he didn't go in as an angel, even though I believe his best seasons were with the franchise, but you know, but we got it. We got it with Vlad and Vlad won an MVP with the angels. So it's not totally unjustified. We should have, we should have gotten him to a world series, which is unfortunate because what was the year? Gosh. So 2009, we swept the Red Sox, but there was a year when the Red Sox swept us, but they won the first two games in Anaheim and we were losing seven to three. We were losing seven to three and then Vladimir hit a grand slam to tie it. And then, God, this had to be like 2003, 2000. Well, no, it had to be 2004, but, but it was like, yeah. So when he did that and you're like, I think there was some other thing too, is that Erstad didn't score from second on a double to the wall that would have put us ahead or something like that. Like, Oh, if we would have won that game and that was still back when Boston was choking all the time. It's like, oh my God, that would have been the turning point and that would have been a thing. So unfortunately that didn't happen, but yeah, what an incredible player. What, how, how fortunate were we? Although I still, and I know angel fans are like, well, what do we do if we retire Vlad, Vlad's number or whatever? And you're like, well, Trout's already got it. It's going to be grandfathered in. I go, it's just going to be cool. Like when we go to the ballpark, is it someday there's going to be two twenty sevens that are that are retired i think the yankees have that situation with one of their numbers i think it's like number eight or something like that 
it's funny you've you've just stolen where I exactly where ah! I my next question. I was going to oh, no. say twenty seven to twenty seven. What a number for the Angels! But let's talk about this current team then. Five and two to start with. The excitement. I know you uh, you liked the piece I wrote the other day. Just I just wanted to put on paper. Just it's different. This team. It just feels yeah. different, doesn't it? The energy. Just the. I mean, getting off to a five and two start is great. But it's not just the wins. It is everything about this team just feels different and that they can win and they can come back at no point in any of these games when we've gone down have we thought oh the game's over here we're not going to score runs we're not going to come back you always feel like they're going to score runs oh my gosh even the game that the one where we got blew out because it got away from us the the heaney second second game wasn't it yeah you know where the bullpen we were close and then the bullpen kind of you know i got it we got it back to eight seven, didn't we? I think we got it back to eight seven. Yeah, we but we started rallying again. We still came back and or no, because it was um it was I, like seven one. Otani Otani hit a home run. Somebody yeah. hit a home run that you're like, oh well, if we would have held serve, we could have won the game. And it's always the it's always the thing about putting your closer in in a non-save situation, which I always hate. But I'm not gonna hate on Joe Madden because I'm just so happy to have him as a manager. And I was so bummed out last year because we have Joe signed for three seasons and hopefully this will get extended and he's going to be here as long as he wants to manage. I truly do believe this will be his his last managerial job. And so as long as, as long as he wants to do it, I say, let's keep him. Like, I don't care if he's 85 and he's whatever. Like I love Joe, Joe Madden can do whatever he wants. I just feel like I don't, it's just such a, I don't know. There's just something about him. You're just like, I trust him. I don't and know. Like, I don't know if you saw it, but he actually came on the show uh, a couple of months ago. He got in touch. He got in touch with uh, the Angels' head of comms with Adam and got him to message me because he wanted to come on the show. He'd seen what we've been doing uh, around it and was desperate to come and connect with us. That's the type of guy he is, and we. I want him. I'm with you. I want him here as yeah. long as he wants to be here. There is no better manager for the Angels than Joe Madden. He is. He is the best, and I think a lot of people give him credit uh for the 2002 team and i i I never want to take anything away from mike socia but it's so funny because i remember when socia was hired i was talking to one of my friends and he i was okay with it i thought socia was a pretty good hire and obviously he won a world series the angels were very competitive so i'm never going to discount what he did and i thought it was a good hire i my friend was the only guy and i remember this distinctly he was like why don't they just put in joe madden He's like, every time we fire a manager, Joe takes over and they win a bunch of games and then they hire somebody else. They'll hire Terry Collins or whomever. And I remember, but I remember like, ah, but Sosha's good. Like, this will be cool. And I never forgot that. And I always remind him, I'm like, you were the Joe Madden guy right from the start. So I will never, never, never forget that. You always get, you get eternal credit for that. And, but it's just fun having him back. And last year, with him playing or with the angels playing just 60 games. It's like, Oh my gosh, we had to ruin mm-hmm. one of the years, one of the Joe Madden years with this stupid, the stupid COVID season. Like that sucks. But now we're seeing what we thought was going to happen. The energy that he brings to this team. And I'm with you. I agree. Like anytime that we're down, I just don't, I just feel like we're going to rally. Like, ah, oh, we're, we're good. We're going to rally. I think the lineup is excellent right now. I think Dexter Fowler was like such a, such a fun, like such a, unique signing because obviously it's not like going and getting Trevor Bauer or something like that, but that's something that helps you win. 
and it lets Joe Adele play in the minor leagues because he he definitely needs to play in the minor leagues a little bit more. And that's not that's no disrespect or anything like that. It's just you know sometimes he he was rushed to the major leagues last year because of the circumstances of the season. And so now you look at it and like Upton's there and Rendon is so solid. Like, Oh my God, he's so good. But the biggest thing to me is the pitching and Dylan Bundy should be extended. Like that, we've seen enough. We love Dylan Dylan on this show. The Lord. Extend him. Like it's, we've seen enough. Perry, just go out and sign that deal. Cobb. Again, people were making fun of us. Like, Oh, why are you guys getting Alex Cobb? Like the woo scraping the bottom of the barrel you're like okay his baltimore years were not great but two things number one uh the last pitcher we got from baltimore turned out to be pretty good and number two if you look at his tampa bay years he's a solid pitcher he's a number two pitcher and so if we can go out there and that's all we need we need these guys to be solid because i think that the chemistry with the offensive side of the baseball team is so good that we don't need necessarily huge dominant pitchers we need guys who do who can be solid. And I think that Dylan Bundy can be somebody who, when you start a playoff series, like I feel that we're in game one. I don't care who he's matched up against. I think he'll go up against anybody. And it would be nice, though, as we get towards the trade deadline, if this team progresses as we believe that they're going to, that we go out and make a, not necessarily Zach Granke, but you know, like, like it's Zach Granke type of deal, whoever's going to be, whoever's going to be available in the uh, trade market add that player to the roster. And then I think this is the team that's set up to, uh, to do some magical things in the postseason. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty fired up for it. And it's always in, I know Otani's going to miss this start because of the blister and that I, it, which is catnip for the haters. Why doesn't this, why is this guy, why is this guy pitching? It's like, I don't know how you watch that game against the white Sox, which is a pretty good team. And he got the final out. Like when he came out of the game, he got, I forget who he was facing. He struck him out. If Stassi holds onto that baseball, then he never gets slid into. He did a five inning game. Joe Madden put confidence in him. Let him go out and do his thing. He probably would have batted the next inning and homered and, (laughs) and whatever he did. And I don't know why people, why people are so adverse to this. Like why people are so reticent to somebody doing something exceptional. Like if he can do it, he can do it. Like he can hit, like we know he can hit. And I don't know. Going back to what you, we were just talking about with Joe Madden. Joe Madden is the perfect manager for Shohei Atani. There aren't many American league managers that would have the faith to stick Atani (laughs) and start pitching and lose a DH. Cause that could have gone horribly wrong, particularly some of his starts last year well, start last year and the previous year when he hasn't gone deep into games he's come out with injuries lost all command if he did did that against the white Sox, if he was out in the first or the second your lineup's so weakened but yeah. madden's willing to trust him and let him be a baseball player and i love it i'm so here for it but i'm also glad they're making him sit out this start if it means yeah. getting healthy for the rest of the year and he the blister goes away it's a no-brainer you've got to do it no, for sure. And we just, we just have him as a player. Like, that's fine. Like it's, we're not missing him. We're still going to have him. He's still going to be in the lineup hitting, which is perfect. And I don't know. I agree with you though. There is no better manager. Cause I can't imagine just thinking about like Tony LaRusa or any of these other guys, like nobody else has like the clout to right. go out there and, and pull that kind of a move. And I think that Joe Madden 
has now cemented his, his himself in baseball history by number one, just getting like as competitive as he was with the, with the Tampa Bay Rays, who I guess they're still, they got back to the world series. So it's not hugely unusual, but winning the world series with the Cubs gives mm-hmm. you like such a, a uh, free pass to do whatever. And I'm here for, it. I'm like, whatever, like he's your buddy that you love and he might do some crazy things, but you're like, you know what? It's always going to be worth it. And Joe Madden can do whatever he wants. He batted our pitcher second. I love it. And I'm going to defend it. And anybody else who's upset about it, worry about your own stupid team and let us just have some fun and enjoy some good baseball. Exactly. That's what it's all about at the moment. Fun and enjoying baseball. Going back to one, something you said as well, actually, is you, I think you're on my side here on Dylan Bundy. So Dave and I on the last few episodes have been talking about Bundy and the term ace. And I, I can see Dave's point. So Dylan Bundy is not, he, he's not Jacob deGrom. He's not yeah. Garrett Cole. But the point you just made, he could go into any game, any game one, and I would be the same as you. I would be still be confident he could beat whoever we were facing and our hitters could out hit whoever we're playing against and Dylan could keep us in the game. And for me, that suggests he is a number one guy. And he can compete with the best. No, I agree with you. I mean, John Lackey, for as great as he was, he wasn't in that kind of category of players you're talking about right now with Jacob deGrom and Garrett Cole and, and players like that. But the thing with Bundy is that any time that we're in a game, if we were in a playoff game against the Yankees, and I don't think the Yankees are going to make it, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> if, there's, if, if it's game one, Garrett Cole versus Dylan Bundy, I expect that game to be about two to one in the eighth inning. And I think that that's the kind of pitcher that Dylan Bundy is. He makes people miss. He limits it. And sometimes that's all you need. You know, a lot of these, especially in the playoffs, it comes down to bullpens, situational hitting, clutch hitting, things like that. And that's why I feel very confident. So we really just need those pitchers to keep us close. I know it is always you would prefer to have somebody like Madison Bumgarner or something like that. We've also never seen Dylan Bundy in the playoffs either because he could be one of those guys that it turns into that ace. So I think that he's really shown uh, over his short tenure with the uh, LA Angels that he is he's top of the rotation stuff kind of guy. And I think that he is a player that you can win some playoff games with and win a World Series with for sure. I mean, he is 100% trending in the correct direction since he's joined us. And just for a little bit of fact-checking here as well, I did have Bundy down as beating Giolito, one of the favourites for the Cy Young, and my co-host Nick said, no, he wasn't going to do it. So before you start slandering me, saying that I can't do it, or I don't have faith in Bundy, <laughs> you know, I had faith on game one, and I had faith with him. Unfortunately, he didn't make it against Zach Greinke. That was more to our bats, I feel, than yeah. what Bundy did. But um, no, he's fantastic. So obviously, extension year has to happen. What sort of numbers do you reckon? Because he's not the ace to the level that he's not going to get 35, 36 million a year a la Garrett Cole. What do you yeah. think of the, what sort of numbers do you reckon we're going to be looking at here? Yeah, the economic side of it, I wish I was more in tune with that. I'm more of the like sign them yeah. type of person. Just, just do it. Just whatever it costs. Thank like, you. I don't care. Like, this is this is how rich I am. Like, I don't even need to see the bill. Like, here's my credit card. Just take it. And so whatever, whatever it is, Perry, if I got to go out and buy a couple extra rounds at the St. Archer lounge to pay for this, that's fine. I'm always willing to do that, but I do believe, well, I don't think that hometown discount is uh, the, the right way to put that. And of course it's baseball. So these guys always cash in anyways, but I think that 
the competitiveness of the salary. Like he's not going to get Garrett Cole money. He's not going to get Trevor Bauer money, but he's also worked himself into a better situation than what he was with Baltimore. Mm. So again, I'll leave that part to the, 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 uh, the true economic, like it's easier, like for me in football to put the, to put yeah. those numbers together be like, Oh, it's a $15, a $50 million a year guy. So for baseball, I think that you guys even tweeted out uh, a number like three years for, I forget what you guys had said, but I was like, yep, that sounds about right. So I'm into it. Plus we have pools. We have pool holes money coming off the, the books money. as well. All the money being freed up and up in the year after. All yeah. The, all the money to spend. He's only 29 in November as well, isn't he? He's good, still got a bit of time left. He, he's good for a four or five-year deal, I'm sure of it. And, but, and um, if you're Dylan, if you're coming out of a situation like Baltimore, coming over here and just becoming the guy you were supposed to be, because he's so young, as you say, Dave, he, he was, came through so early, didn't he? He was, he was a yeah. star, star when very young age. He's not going to want to go anywhere. I'm confident they will give him the money because he will want to stay. You know, and not only that, I mean, if it's one of those situations where you got to kick in a fourth year, which sometimes can get you a lower price, but they just want the security of the fourth year, especially for pitchers, because it's volatile and injuries are always going to be a concern. One of the things that's great about the way that our team is constructed at the moment is that Trout is here for life. Rendon is in what the, the second year of a seven year deal or the second year of a six year deal, like. Rendon's going to be here for a while. Otani's going to be here for a while. So those three studs are going to be here. So I think that's going to give us a lot of, a lot of uh, flexibility. I think it'll be appealing to a lot of people. You know, the two guys that we missed out on over the last two years, Garrett Cole, number one, who was, uh, we, you know, we, we wanted, we were him. in the, we, we want, uh, obviously, oh, we obviously wanted him, which is fine. But you know what? He also wanted to play for the Yankees. Yeah. And you know what? Like, okay, like whatever. I, I was into it. I like, I know that he is a Southern California guy. He loved going to angel games. He was at the world series, but he also was in a, a Yankee fan too. But also it might, go- be, it might be like the Mike Trout thing. It, maybe he didn't want to come home. Mike Trout, all the talk, wasn't it for years was Mike Trout wants yeah. to go back to Philly. Go to Billy. But he, he didn't. I mean, he said yeah. he, he likes the lifestyle over here a lot more than having all the pressures back home. Oh my God. Like it he, he couldn't. Mike Trout cannot walk into Wada or whatever, Yaya or whatever the thing is in Philadelphia without being mobbed. This guy walks into the pavilions in Newport beach to go buy a pie after the game. And nobody, I mean, not that, and don't get it twisted. I know like a lot of people take this as indifference. People know who Mike Trout is. And if Mike, when Mike Trout is out in public, the, the people are cool. Like everybody's just like, chill. Like we, we know how, like we live in something like, Kobe Bryant lived in Newport beach. We know how to act yeah. around people like this. Like, especially like, especially now, cause Mike Trout's a father. If somebody's with their kids, you're not going to bother them. No, we didn't bother Kobe. Like I would see Kobe places periodically. I used to go to bars and see Dennis Rodman all the time. <laughs> like we know how to act with that. And it's always like, Hey man, it's cool. Like no big deal. Like go do your thing. And that, I think that Mike Trout kind of likes that. So there is something to be said about that. And when you're Garrett Cole, and as much as much as uh, was made of him possibly playing for the Angels, and I think that you know we offered him a, a fair offer. At some point, you just want to play for the Yankees. Like that's fine. Like you don't have to do anything. Like it, it was the same thing with Trevor Bauer, and I thought that what he did was fun. And 
and entertaining the fans on on YouTube, like the Padre fans and the Angels fans, and like, hey, give me your pitch, and like having that kind of fun with it, I thought was great. I just knew in my heart, I, I and I was listen, I was tweeting as much about Bauer to Anaheim as much as anybody, but ultimately he wanted to play for the Dodgers and I can't blame it. Like some people just wanted, like you have a team that you want to play for and that's fine. Like they get to make, they've earned the right to make this decision. And as much fun as it would be for him to be a member of the, of the uh, Los Angeles angels, he wanted to play for the Dodgers. Go do it. Good luck to you. And um, you know, and by the way, the thing that they're doing, I, I, I don't understand. Like I, I don't, I, it's the Dodgers. So that, so, you know, this is, I, I take this seriously. I think that the, whatever witch hunt they're on with him and the doctored baseballs, like either he's doing it or he's not like, don't sully his name. Yeah, like it's don't, a- it's, it just sounds wrong. It just sounds like a witch hunt or something. And I'm like, I don't, I don't like it. And normally I would love to make fun of the Dodgers for anything. But for that, I'm like, come on, guys, like either get it handled or move on because it's not fair to him. And I don't think it's good for baseball. For sure. I mean, they said this was going to be a league wide thing and they're going to be periodically testing. But the only name we have heard so far is Trevor Bauer. The only guy that was, you know, it went wide, it went widespread very quickly, didn't it, across baseball. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, don't do that. Don't call out a guy with no evidence and say that he's had multiple baseballs taken on tampering you know don't do it because you're right it is slandering his name a bit when there's no proof that he has done anything wrong right now for sure as he's a dodger i mean i hope he has and i hope that punishment oh i do that would be funny i mean if he was guilty and he gets caught for it that would be hilarious and then i would make fun of him (laughs) incessantly but uh until that time like yeah his name shouldn't be out there until it's been proven and he's been suspended. Yeah. Well, it's a nice problem for the Dodgers if he does get suspended or anything like that, because they'll just bring someone else and he's probably as good, potentially, anyway, further down the line. So just going yeah. back to those extensions that you were talking about, David Fletcher, the GOAT to be, how happy were you that you, you know, he signed up for a little bit longer? Oh, that's right. That's, a, that's another guy that we're you know, talking about is going to be here for a long time. And David Fletcher has been somebody who's been well-known in Southern California, at least in Orange County, because he played at Cypress High School and was a stud back then. And I think, uh, you know, it's fun. You know, we, we talk about players not coming home or not going home to play where they grew up. David Fletcher being the exact opposite, but a guy who's, again, his personality fits the angels and the whole thing of like him never talking when he's mic'd up and doesn't say anything. And for a lot of people, I mean, anybody who remembers David Eckstein, how great he was and, and Fletcher's just the same way. And I, I, it's funny because a lot of, like, I, I remember having a conversation with somebody on Twitter where they were ranking the, the top second baseman. And I was, and I made a joke. I'm like, well, this is assuming that Fletcher's one and they just didn't want to put the obvious, right? This like, this is the next 10 best after Fletcher. And then people being like, Oh, and I swear to you, somebody, had the audacity to say like, well, I mean, like, sure. He, he gets on base a lot and he's, he's, he's a great fielder, but what else does he do? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Is he a magician? I don't know. Did he do stand up? What a, he gets on base and fields his position. What more do you want from him? What is the thing that's missing? Please explain it to me. Last night was the best example of this, wasn't it? He had that, he had that play out in uh, by the first base where he juggled it and still got the out. 
Then he yeah. goes and slaps a slaps a single into center field. The put the only possible place he could have put that baseball just over yeah. the second baseman's head, just in front of the center fielder, wins the game for the Angels. That is David Fletcher, and we've got our, a lot more years seeing that exact thing happen over and over again. Oh yeah, and it, and it's not only that, but he always puts the ball in play, always mm. puts pressure on the defense. And when he strikes out, my friend and I always joke, like, is he hurt? Like, what's wrong? What's wrong with Fletch? Like, he actually struck he out. He out a few times in the White Sox series, didn't he? He started the year actually striking out, and it was bizarre. I was not happy with that at all. But it's it, it does go to – but 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 skills like that, I think, always get underrated. And, of course, obviously me being a Bears fan, which means I have a large following of Chicago fans and the White Sox fans – you know, trying to say that our team's not very good or whatever, like, well, we made errors and we did this. And I said, the way that the angels are constructed and one of the things that you want to do, like obviously home runs and doubles are great, but one of the, one of the nuances of baseball is that it's the only sport where the defense controls the ball, mm. like football, you know, football, it's offense, basketball, it's offense. It's baseball is the only sport where, where the defense controls the ball. So if you're not striking out and you're not hitting pop-ups and you're putting the pressure on the defense to make plays, eventually people are going to make mistakes. And that's why you see games. I know that it, it seems unusual and you're like, well, we were controlling it through the whole game. Like you just need that one, you just need that one error, you know, and you know how quickly things can start to unravel. And again, I, I hate to use a golf analogy, but it is like, you know, you're playing a great round and then you accidentally hit one into a sand trap. And you fly it into another sand trap. And then that kind of stuff builds. And I think that's the way the angels are kind of constructed is that you want to put that pressure on the defense and make the opposing team start to make some mistakes. Well, I mean, if you look at it now, so he had a, a rougher start by standards. He's only actually struck out three times in 31 at-bats. And they, that's, they were probably that's like a, the first four, weren't they, or something stupid? Yeah, now it's probably in the first two games of the White Sox series. He just hasn't done it since. And, you know, with one walk, so it shows you he's, he's getting contact and it, you know, generally he's getting in play as well. But that's the thing with Fletcher is that he struck out three times and we're all, everybody's like, what's happening? So yeah. unusual. Like, that, that, what, what happened? How did this, how was this possible? <laughs> you mentioned, uh, but I just want to, it came into my head when you were talking about a defense controlling the ball and it'd been the only sport. I would just like to raise the 2013 Seahawks on that one. Because I would oh. say 2013 Seahawks definitely... Uh, Definitely controlled the ball on the defensive side, just like the 85 Bears. Sure. All right. That, fair. Thank you for, for bringing me yeah, into I the conversation. I'll bring, bring you in there as well. I saw your face light up. I knew you had something, and I was trying to figure <laughs> out what you were going to say because you were like, you were on the cusp. Like, you what you politely didn't interrupt. I was ready. So you're, you're a polite Englishman, so you don't interrupt. I'm, I'm the brash American who will stop every conversation and start talking about anything other than what we're actually talking about. So that's sorry, but I, I noticed you do that. So I was like very I, impressed. I'm, I, I love your, your, your uh, composure. I your even had to world. wait for Dave to make his follow up as well. Yeah. So. You didn't even interrupt Dave. Uh, couldn't do that to Dave. Which couldn't is shocking. It. He always interrupts me. <laughs> right. So this year we're so excited. What's happening? Tell me, give me your predictions. How far does this team go? Obviously, I believe they're good enough to make the playoffs. And I think they're good enough to compete with the top teams in the American League. We saw that right off the right out of the gate, taking three out of four from the White Sox, who are a playoff team. 
the previous season, two out of four, or excuse me, two out of four, uh, split it with the Astros. And it was a day game, a fluky little day game where things could have gone a little bit differently. I thought going against Granky, you know, you would, you would have gone into that little two game set saying, look, let's just get one of, let's get the first one, see what happens against Granky. It didn't work out. That's fine. You start a homestand four and two, you go four and two over every six home games. I think you're going to end up being pretty good. So I think this is the team that we're going to see. I, I think they're going to be very exciting. It's going to be, it's going to be nice again to be in a position to trade for some pieces during the season to, to bring in for a playoff run. I don't think that anything's off the table right now with this team. There's nobody in the American league that I see right now where I'm like, Oh, that team's far and away the best. Like when you look at the Dodgers, you're like, they're winning the AL, excuse me. They're winning the NLS as much as the Padres have done to improve their ball club. You're like the Dodgers are winning the NLS. They're probably going to go to the world series. Like they're the best team in the national league. And it's by a lot. I don't see that in the American league. I don't see anybody. I, there's nobody. I know the Astros started off really hard, you know, crushing the Oakland A's. I think that's more of a damnation of the A's or at least of this part of the season of the A's. I wouldn't. I mean, I know I was, they, they always start slowly, but this, it doesn't look like their typical slow start. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. They did not. Yeah. There was something going, there was something amiss there with the Oakland A's and it's, I do miss, um, Cause the previous two years, if you guys ever come back out, if you ever come back out to, um, to Anaheim to go to games, you've got to make sure that you schedule it to where the angels are playing at home. And then they're going to Oakland after that or to San Diego. Or, Cause it, one of the funnest trips were the, the previous two years before 2020. So in 2018, 2019, the angels opened with day games in Oakland. So Otani's first game or second yeah. game. No. Otani's first game. Yeah. Cause he got the base hit. And then it was so much fun. Cause you can fly out from long beach, fly up to Oakland, go up there, tailgate a little bit, go to the game and then fly home at night. It's like being, it's like going, it was easier to get to than Dodger stadium. You got to do that. It's in that Oakland Coliseum. It's as terrible as you think it is. I, I've been, I went, it, I went to a A's against Dodgers actually. Kershaw was pitching and I happened to be, in the area so i did i did go to it and it is terrible but it's got its charm but it's charming yeah it's it's, it's terrible but it's charming i i enjoy it and i i think last time we were there because like the a's fans they're sort of weirdly confrontational but mm-hmm. trying not to be because like we always have this little thing like anytime like whenever we get a hit i always yell out we're not getting no hit today <laughs> and when we score a run i'm like we're not getting shut out today and these A's fans are like, well, yeah, that's all you're getting. I'm like, guys, it's obviously a joke. Like, chill out. Like, I'm just, we're having fun at a ball game. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a Tuesday in April. The sun's out. We're drinking beers. Like, just relax. I'm not trying to start anything. Um, but I thought that it was really cool. Or the part of the stadium is really cool. Like the behind the home plate area, the way that's laid out. I'm like, if you guys just tore down that stupid thing out in center field <laughs> and brought back the views of the Hills back there, like yeah. this is a pretty nice, like it's a workable stadium. Like you could redo it. Like that's what we did with our ballpark yeah. and it's fun and I enjoy it. And it's got its character and people might make fun of it, but like, I don't care. I'm, I'm here more than you. So I don't care if you like it or not. I enjoy it. That's all that really matters. And there's some cool quirks in the uh with the oakland ballpark because there's a there's a bar 
right up off home plate, like a couple decks up. I remember not getting served because I was standing there in my angels gear. And I, I loved the fact that the bartenders were ignoring me. They would not serve me a beer. And it was, and I, and I thought I was imagining things and I'm like, oh, I, I, I got this, this isn't how this is. Uh, I'm imagining things. This person who was standing next to me, this ace fan is like, they're ignoring you. He's <laughs> like, what do you want? And I'm like, oh, can I get four 805s? He's like, sure. And so he had to, he ordered beers for me. And cause like the guy, he's the guy, right. When he waved his hand, the bartender shot over there, got the poor beers or got the beers. And then I handed him the credit card, like in your face jerk. And, uh, and I tipped well, I, I tipped him well, actually, I, over, I know it's unusual for you guys. I, I, first of all, let me say this too. I like your guys' system. I love, I love the no tip system. You mm. guys, you guys have it correct. And if any American ever tries to tell you that they're wrong, like why do the math for me? Like, why do I have to figure out how much to pay your employee? They're your employee, exactly. not mine. Yeah. Like, I, I just want to drink a beer. Like, I don't want to have to sit here and do math and try to figure out 20%. But I do know because our system sucks, but I still went with it. Uh, <laughs> I over tipped him because I, I respected it. I respected the fact that he wasn't serving a, uh, an Angels fan. It was the opener. It was great. And my friends who work at the uh, St. Archer Lounge, the next time the A's, so the next time the A's came to town, I'm up there and, uh, and my two buddies are working the bar and an A's fan came in. I'm like, Hey, don't serve that guy. And they're like, what? I'm like, don't serve him and like ignore him for as long as you can. I go, I'll buy, I'll buy his drinks, but, um, don't serve him because we need to, I need to, I need to have this return value. You guys have to have my back. <laughs> and they did. And uh, this guy was just kind of like, Amazing. Like he was going through what I was going through. And then eventually I went over and explained to him the situation. He got a big kick out of it. I bought him two beers and um, that was that, but it's like, that's, that's the fun part of it. But I guess that's a long way to say like, go to Oakland sometime. It's a fun stadium. <laughs> this sounds like what you're talking about. There sounds more like soccer culture here with our, with the rivalry between fans. Yeah. That's the thing obviously with us sports, you have it, but everyone sits together. You know, there's not the same confrontation quite often. Uh, or actually, but I, I love stuff like that. I mean, you got to have, you got to get your kicks out of it somehow, don't you? So, oh, you do. And you know, it, um, a number of years ago, because the Dodgers come into town and the Dodgers, of course, have a lot of fans. And so this was right after a Lakers championship. And so we were in the, we were in a beer line and these fans were like chirping at each other, which happens. And then it started to get contentious and it was starting to get, a little too out of like, it was too much. And I finally just raised my voice. I'm like, Hey, I'm like three days ago, we were all at the Lakers championship parade. So I don't care if you're angels or Dodgers, we're all Laker fans. So for that reason, everybody <laughs> calm down. And then like, I wanted a slow clap. Like you, like you get in the movies. Didn't, didn't get that. But everybody chill like, okay, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool, man. Like, you're right. You're right. And then everybody, whatever. The bartender uh, actually bought my beer. So that was kind of nice. He's like, hey, that was pretty cool. He's like, you got this one. And I'm like, oh, thank you. So, but it is cool. Who is it? By the way, who's your soccer team? So I'm, a, I'm a Tottenham fan and Dave's a West Ham fan. Nice. You? Do you have a team? Arsenal. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Get him oh. off. Get him off. Terrible. I got to go. I, gotta go. I, I saved that to the end. So, you know, I didn't want to. Glad you didn't tell me this at the start. Where, why? Arsenal's terrible. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter. So are we. 
So are Tottenham at the moment. We're both as bad. So as brutal. It's all and it's all Laura Woods's fault too. <laughs> that Laura Woods. We used yeah. to work together. But you really? uh, she, yeah, we used to do a, a football segment together. And so I'm like, who should I root? I'm like, give me a Premier League team to root for. And she's like, Oh, you don't want to root for Arsenal. And of course, she's so delightful. You're like, I'm rooting for Arsenal. I'm gonna be a gooner. And uh, I've cursed her ever since. Okay. Although she's doing, she's doing an MLB show now. Yeah, is she? Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I saw that. She did uh, bases covered. I think it's called something like that. And there's two yeah. other, two other presenters. Yeah, as you like to say over there, there was one guy. She was wearing a Red Sox jersey, and then there was an A's jersey, and somebody had an Angels jersey on. And I was like, Laura, you got to wear the Angels jersey. Like that would have been cool, but whatever. We always ask uh, questions of our guests, American guests on here. Two things, really. One, have you been to the UK? Um, and two, did you know there were baseball fans in the UK before you saw us on social media? I have not been to the UK. I've had two trips planned, and both of them did not work out, which is unfortunate. And, um, yeah, I'm so bummed. I've never – I've like for, for as long as I've worked for the NFL, the fact that I haven't been to the UK seems impossible, it does, which, doesn't is, it? which is brutal. But I do know, I do know that there is a, a UK fan base, mostly because one of my friends went to school in Scotland uh-huh. and all his friends, because it, it's very similar uh, to the stories that you guys tell about, Oh, baseball is fun. And when you come over, you know, and a lot of people, again, have that Disneyland connection mm. that you go, oh, we'll go to this angel. We'll go to an angel games. And they're always fun. And there's always drink and there's all that good stuff going on. So people enjoy it. Yeah. And my friend who was living in Scotland for a bit, he always says too, like coming home from the bars, like, oh, and like Sunday night baseball's on or something crazy. And I'm like, oh yeah, like that, I could see that, you know, catching on a little bit. And it's cool. Like I always... I always love that. And that's one of the things I love about the premier league is like having to get up early in the morning to see it. Now it's terrible because Arsenal's awful, but <laughs> like for us, like there's sometimes you got to get up at six in the morning and it's fun. And uh, so there is uh, that sounds like a, that sounds like a nice respectful time for me. Obviously our home games are 3am angels start. So during oh, yeah, that's for brutal. Six, six months, six months a year. I don't get much sleep. Uh, Few, few, oh. hours, few hours a night and then up at three to watch that's crazy yeah because i i i mean just going to the east coast and yeah. i i would go and do like a week of good morning football mm. and every night the angel games starting at 10 yeah. and then going to a bar being like hey do you could you find this game <laughs> and you know being there until one two in the morning and then having to go and uh do the show at 7 a.m was a little interesting but uh, it's, it's, it's fun to do it for a week. I don't know how you do it for an entire summer. Yeah. You, well, to be fair, the last few years, we haven't had to do it for the full summer because by about end of May, June time, the season's over for the Angels. So you kind of lose the... Uh, lose. I the- understand. But this year is going to be different. I feel like it's going to be six, hopefully seven months of... Oh, yeah. Hopefully- You're going to be tired. This is going to be a long year for you, but it's going to be a fun year for you. Let's hope so. And Adam, you do need to get over to the UK, get over here when you can. Obviously, the NFL is coming back again. Yeah. Just try and try and wangle that trip. Try and get over for uh, 
at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as well, so we can get you some beers. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Yeah, I want to go back. I've been trying to go for years. I'm remiss, but my friend lived in Scotland. Like I was an idiot. Like I should have done whatever. I should have gone in debt to whatever it would have cost because a lot of my friends would go back mm. and go out there and hang out. And I'm like, how did I miss? I, I, I want to go back and talk to 29-year-old Adam and be <laughs> like, bro, like whatever. Spend the money, take the trip. You'll, you won't regret it. Absolutely. We've covered pretty much everything, haven't we? Did but- I? I feel like I told a bunch of dumb stories. We love it. Was not, love it. And it was, it wasn't great. I was talking about beer stories because I got plenty more. So let's do this again soon. Cause I've, I'm sure once, once we get back into the stadium too, I want to be able to, Oh yeah, we should Skype from the or zoom from the stadium at some point. Yes. We are so keen for that. Let's do that. When, how, how many games do you manage to get to now? Well, I mean, before the, uh, before COVID, we would go anywhere between 20 to 40 games a year. My daughter is five and my daughter is a energetic kid. And I remember the first time I dreaded taking her to a game. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, we're probably not going to be able to stay for that long or whatever. She's going to want to get up and get squirrely. She just sits there and watches it. Like she doesn't like, I don't have to give her her tablet or anything like that. She sits and she watches the game. She keeps herself you got to keep some snacks in her, but she'll sit there and she'll enjoy herself. She went out the day that we signed Otani and we had the big ceremony. I think it was the Otani ceremony. It was either the Otani ceremony or Mike Trout signing his extension, whichever one of those we've been to, we went to both of them, but we, it was one of them was before the, the angels Dodgers uh, freeway series in, in the spring for the that season. Must, that must've been Mike Trout then I think. Could have been Trout. Yeah, it sounds like So the, the, the pictures will come up on my Facebook page and whatever. And be like, oh, yeah, remember when we did this? So it was uh, – the signing was at 1. Oh, yeah, because Otani's was a yeah, – yeah, that was in yeah. December. It was December. There was no game. Yeah. So it was the Mike Trout signed his contract. We go out there. It's a, it's a, it's a later game. But we go out, and then the Trout ceremony happens, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be tough. And – we go in and they're doing batting practice. So she does batting practice. And I'm like, this will be interesting to see how, how, um, how, how well she does. She stays for the whole game. Like wow. no worries. Do you have time? Can I tell a couple stories? hundred percent. Please. Do. You guys have time. Am I, yeah, am I yeah, you guys yeah. have to go do this. I know it's late out there. I'm keeping it's you. not late for us. It's only 10 o'clock. We've got two hours until the game starts. We're good. We're good. All right. So I'll tell, I'm going to tell two more stories and then I'll leave you. I'm going to crack a I'm beer. Gonna, you do, so. Go crack a beer. Because one of these, God, why, why am I not drinking? Oh, I am drinking. I can't be seen. It's like a thing. Like I always have this canister. Everything's got to be carefully concealed. You don't want to, you don't want a sponsor to get upset. You don't want to. Yeah, there you go. What do you, what kind of beer is that? Is that a harp? Corona. Just Corona like- extra. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, Corona, Corona Premier, Corona, Corona Premier. Is actually a really good one as well. So speaking of beers, I was one day I took, so my, my daughter loves to go to the games. We're having a blast. So we were at a game and she wasn't feeling well, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like everything. Okay. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden she just pukes, <laughs> just pukes. Oh, it's all over the place. And so she's small. So you might be three at this point, somewhere around there, like three, maybe two. And, um, 
but I, a young child. And so I'm like, oh no. So then you got to take her into the men's room and I'm changing. I always have a backup pair of clothes. Oh, it was a Christmas in July game. I know because we took photos before and after the game. And only my sister noticed when I posted them on Facebook, They're like, why is she wearing two different outfits? They're like, well, let me explain to you. So she pukes and I get her changed and I call and I'm like, oh, okay, I got, she puked. I'm like, I guess we'll be home in a little bit. So afterwards, you know, I'm like, okay. And then we started heading out towards the exit and she's like, what are we doing? I'm like, what? we're going home. And she's like, what? No, 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 no. And she does the thing where she's squirrely like, no, no, no. I'm like, are you sure? And like, okay. And we always go with the, um, I'm like, okay, we go back to my friend's spot and my friend's like, what's happening? Like, she's fine. I'm like, listen, this isn't the first time a member of the rank family has puked in the stadium and still rallied to finish the game. You let her do what she does. This is her rite of passage. And again, she stayed the whole game and it was perfect. And so the other story I will tell you was the 2019. This was after, yeah, this was after Tyler. So after, after Tyler passed and we had the no hitter and we started getting on a little mini roll and it really came to a crash in an extra inning game against the Orioles that went forever. Yeah. Uh, went at least 14 innings. Fletch was safe. Fletcher was safe. Yes, that's the game. Fletcher was safe. Like we were packed up, ready to go. Yeah. That was, and it's one of those things too, that like if he was ruled safe, there wasn't enough evidence to be like, no, he was out. Yeah. It was so bang, bang. I'm like, God. He was safe. I'm convinced. He was safe. I will never. Yeah, he was safe. Mm. So that game, it was a Roger Lodge. I don't know if you know who Roger Lodge yeah, is. Roger. Yeah, Roger Lodge. Okay. So Roger Lodge has his halo honk night. We meet a bunch of people. It's, it's a fun night and the game starts going to extra innings. And we're there with two of my friends. One of them is an Orioles fan from she's from Maryland and her fiance, who's an angels fan from Palm Springs. And so she's wearing like half and half. So like real cute. I'm like, Oh, you can, you can root for the Orioles. Like there's that's you're from Maryland. Like it's fine. And so like, they kept going, like once the game started extra innings, they kept asking me, they're like, do we need to get your daughter home? I'm like, no, 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 she's fine. She's fine. The whole thing. She stayed for the whole game. It's one in the morning out here. It's after one in the morning out here. And she's sitting there and she's like strutting out of the stadium. Like I'm not carrying her. She's not over my shoulder. She's strutting out. And honestly, she's strutting out. And I'm like, girl, we lost. Like, don't, don't, don't have that walk. Like we, we lost. You got to have your shoulders slumped a little bit. Like, I know you're proud that you're still up and whatever. Mm-hmm. And like this lady was like upset with me. Like, Oh, like you had your daughter here this whole time. And I'm like, yeah, I did. I go, by the way, I go, do you not see this at Disneyland all the time? Like if you go to Disneyland, Disneyland closes at midnight. And if yeah. you ever go, and if you ever stay that late, there are loads of strollers and mm-hmm. kids who are there because they go the whole time. They have like all the this girl in the shows, don't you? So they yeah. Start- yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like she's fine. Like I'm not, I, she's walking out of the stadium. It's not like I'm carrying her wrapped up in a swaddler or anything like that. She's literally walking out. She's got some energy. She's fine. Don't worry about it. So she's an ultimate trooper. 
stayed through that 15, I think it was 15, at least 14 innings. Cause I know we did the second, second seventh inning stretch, but, um, but yeah, so she's, she, she's, uh, she's a good, she a, she's good. Does she have a favorite player? Yes. Unfortunately for her, her favorite player was Tommy LaStella. Oh, I mean, I can, I can second that one. Tommy was yeah. great. I loved Tommy. She loved him. You know, as a bald man, I was, I appreciated she picked the other, <laughs> one of the bald guys to root for. Um, so she's a yeah. giant now then, is she? Yeah, we kind of, you know, she's kind of moved on a little bit. She loves Simba too. It's like, oh my gosh, girl. Like, don't like Trout. Don't like Fletcher. Like, don't, no. You can root for Upton now. I don't know. Um, Pujols is your guy. Yeah, Anyways, but, but yeah. But she's a good person anywhere. He's there for yeah. another 10 years. So I know. He just re-signed another <laughs> decade. Let's keep it going. But uh, those are my dumb stories about my kid and me making her stay at ball games. Although she does it on her own. Yeah, it's now a thing. It sounds more like she is uh, convincing you to let her stay, not the other way around. Oh, it's the best. She her first game when she was months old was the famous Mike Trout goes up the wall against the Mariners. Oh yeah. To make that catch. I know he's not left-handed, but um no I one can see this apart from me, so it's fine. Boom. So uh that was her first game. So it was cool. Like that's you can remember which game was her first because of that. And my son's first game was the following year and it was Mike Sosha's last game as manager. It was a walk-off home run. So both of them had momentous first games so that's awesome that is i mean i don't remember mine which is really sad i don't remember who it was i remember the first game i remember going to was 2004 against the texas rangers but the 2002 game it just escapes me i've been desperately, i've been desperately trying to find the ticket stub so i've got i've got stubs we went to, i went to games in 2004 2006 and 2010 i think then i came back in 20 what was it 23rd no 2015 i think i went five years without 2015 and then i came back last 2019 summer was the last time so i'm desperate for international travel so i can get back again oh my gosh yeah we'll be great to have you and then we'll take you to the saint archer lounge you'll meet everybody mm. it'll be a time we'll we'll find a way to get gooby to get you into the booth he actually i actually got up there last time oh there you go yeah what do i Look at me trying to be a big shot. And you're like, no, nah, dude, yeah. I've done it already. Yeah, there, Gooby did invite me up to the booth last time I was there to get a picture and stuff. And have a awesome. Look yeah. Great guy. Great guy. He is like one of the nicest human beings. I love him. Yeah. Hey, hey we, we say this a lot as well. The broadcast team for people over here, like they just mean just a little bit extra because we have to live vicariously through them all year we don't get the chance to go to the ball games we don't get the chance to watch in person so every game we're viewing is through their eyes and through their voices so i mean having a broadcast team that's so accessible and so wants to connect with us is fantastic that is huge yeah that that makes a big difference for sure and i've loved what they're doing with darren sutton coming in and jose motor in the in the booth and i think matty v is going to be great hire as well amazing yeah I'm, uh, I'm delighted for all of it. I thought all of them, because Darren Sutton was one of our radio announcers for the longest time before he left for the Brewers. And I was bummed out about that because I thought he was great. So it's good to have him back. And of course, the connection with him and his father 
And, you know, he tells, obviously now you hear him tell great stories about being like the Phil Necro game and he's the ball boy there and stuff like that. Like that stuff's so neat. So I'm, I'm really tickled that he is uh, part of the broadcast team now. Absolutely. And he, he, again, he came on the show a few weeks ago to talk to us. So I know. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Great, great guy. And some great stories, as you say. And I think we're going to get a lot of them as over the course of the season. I think he's only reached the tip of the iceberg, hasn't he? Some of the oh, for sure. Oh my gosh, for sure. Yeah, he's he's not he's not unloading all of his stories just yet. And then he knows that the team's going to be pretty good. So he's like, well, I don't have to wedge all these in in the first couple of months. I know people are going to stick around for a while. So he's got a lot in reserve, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing from Adam. Let's do this again, though. I don't want to take more time, but let's have another another chat soon, and it'll be great. Great. Anytime. Anytime. I'd love to do it. Thanks for listening. That was a bumper bonus edition of Halfway Around the Halo. Of course, with the prize draw earlier, some little chat on the Halos, and then finally, an unbelievable discussion on Angels Baseball with Adam Rank. We hope you enjoyed. Once again, please do go hit that subscribe button. Speak soon. Go Halos.